From beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of room and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public service professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Bruno Barron, public defender Gene Bishop, Marty Garrity, and Dr. Joseph Triani, clinical psychologist from Adler University. Our program tonight coming to you from our home base at AM 560 WYND Radio in beautiful Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Our phone lines open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. And uh, uh, we're not talking about January 6th this evening. We're not talking about basic politics. But we are talking about something that has been uh, uh, prominent news in this country for this past week, and that is the ramifications of the shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. What does it mean for society? What does it mean for parenting in the United States? Many of us have read the story of, of the, the father in this particular case uh, signing an FOI card uh, so his son, uh, who's had some problems, uh, can get a gun in Illinois. So these are some of the things we're going to talk about. We've got a public defender who will join us for a portion of the show, and then we will have a, a clinical psychologist that will also join us. But we begin uh, with two longtime members of our Beyond the Beltway family who join us here. They are, I guess, uh, first and foremost today, they are fathers, and they're concerned about what happens in the world. So I want to begin, however, uh, with Gene Bishop, who is a, uh, an assistant to Cook County uh, Public Defender. In, in this case, Gene, you primarily deal with people in the criminal justice system who have done something wrong, allegedly, and you represent them. But in the course of all the people that you deal with, you run into a lot of families that are troubled. So my question to you is, based on what you know and what you've read in the paper, um, is this one of the most troubled families you may have read about in, in a long time? No, not at all. And it's... Um important for your audience to know that I come at this issue not just through the lens of the criminal justice system and my right. role in it as a public defender. Right. More personally, I come to it as the sister and sister-in-law and aunt of three murder victims, my younger sister Nancy, her husband Richard, and their unborn baby who were shot to death just three blocks from where I'm sitting now in Winnick, Illinois in 1990. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I have paid close attention to the ways that our laws impact gun violence or don't impact gun violence. Um, the young man who murdered them was also from Winneka, also three blocks away from me, only that direction instead of that direction. Mm-hmm. He lived just a few blocks from where I sit right now. Mm-hmm. He was a 16-year-old junior at New Trier High School, the high school where both my sons have graduated from. Mm-hmm. and where Nancy herself attended mm-hmm. before she was murdered. And he uh, broke in their home and shot them to death. And here's how he got that gun. He wanted to get a gun. And you know, you, you mentioned that you need a firearm owner's identification card, an FOID mm-hmm. card, in order to legally possess a handgun in the state of Illinois. He was too young to get one at the age of 16. So he faked an application for the FOID card, and the FOID card was mailed to his home. His mother intercepted it realized her son had committed a serious felony and the forgery he'd done, sent it to her attorney, a man named John Lewis, who Gene, had an me, office in Northbrook. Gene, Gene, let me, let me interrupt here, because I think for those listening around the country, 
they may be getting confused by your answer because you're talking about something that you personally have gone through with a member of your family. I'm trying to look at the specific case in Highland Park because there's a different set of facts involved there, and I just don't want to confuse people uh, with, with one story over the other. So let me ask our in-studio guest, Bruno Barron, you live in Highland Park, Illinois. You were not far from where this shooting took place. So my question to you is, again, based on what you read in the papers and have watched on television, because for those around the country, the father in this case is under a great deal of, of pressure because he, at least to a lot of people, should never have signed a, uh, a, a an application for his son to get an FOI card, which allowed him to buy guns after there had been several incidents in their home where police were called. They would say that was bad parenting. Your your, your reaction to that? I, I think it goes beyond just bad parenting. Um, you know, and you go back to Adam Lanza uh, in, um, in Sandy Hook, and it was a similar situation. The, the mother there was a gun enthusiast, and her own son ended up killing her. Um, I'm a pro-gun guy. Um, I'm going to remain a pro-gun guy, but but somebody has to stand up and say some of the stuff that's going on here is a function of the ubiqui ubiquitous nature of guns, but a lot of it also has to do with the, in, the 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 crazy, crazy mental health issues that we have going on in this country. Um, this was another shooting that should have been completely preventable. The The moment that kid even tried to get a gun, he should have been in... Uh, he should have been put in some kind of a mental health institution. And I know we don't have those anymore. And one of the points I'm going to try and make all night tonight mm -hmm. is that we need to bring back some level of institutionalization in this country. The the pact between the liberals who wanted to spend more money on stuff and the libertarians who liked their tax cuts, getting rid of institutionalization was a huge mistake. We need to have a place to put people who who, who need to get treatment. And we're not talking about insane asylums and bedlam we're talking about treatment and but we have again, to have facilities for that but this again, kid should have been there but again a term that's used is uh, red flag laws they are they are part of the new federal legislation which we will talk about as the program unfolds this evening but marty in this particular case uh the red flags were there uh this went through the state of illinois police department Right. And they signed off on this guy after he had, or the family had, a, a rather extensive rap sheet for, for violence or, or calls about suicide and everything else. Because apparently they don't go back to look at what happened six months ago or nine, or they didn't at that time at yeah. least. They probably will now. But, but, they, but he, the, the, that whole knife thing, 16 knives and mm -hmm. a samurai sword, that all happened uh, at least a year before he got his FOID card. And they didn't uh, inquire into that, or they and 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 it's it's arguable that they didn't that, that the law didn't require them to. But also, we should mention that in this particular case in Illinois, the father did sign the application right. for the card when he was underage. Mm -hmm. But the state of Illinois, when it came time to renew it at age 21, the state of Illinois also renewed it, and that's with that's under existing law. So people made mistakes here. Uh, I mean, mistakes were made here. And again, I want to go back to Gene to talk about things like that, because you deal with administration. You deal with, with all kinds of, you know, with, with systems where mistakes can be made. Uh, what could have been done differently or what can be done differently in the future so something like this doesn't happen again? 
Well, I totally agree with your guest that there was a complete failure of the father who knew that his son was homicidal, who knew that he was trying to get access to dangerous weapons. The person who killed my family members, his father and mother knew that he needed psychiatric help and they let him leave the institution where he was being seen, Charter Barkley. And I sued the parents and I suspect that this father will be sued okay. as well by the many families of the victims. Okay. But, you know, I, I, I happily I, I have no re, uh, understanding of this or, or experience with this, but I can imagine a parent not wanting to get his kid identified as uh, some kind of uh, crazy kid, or, and, and I can imagine him trying to resist that temptation to rat the kid out, as it were. Well, well not when there's have. weapons involved. Well, I, I agree with I shouldn't, yeah. but I just, I understand that he wouldn't, that he might not. When we come back, I'm Bruce Dumont, 1-800-723-8289. Thank you. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Shop 4th of July savings now at Lowe's. Take up to $750 off qualifying major appliances, including GE appliances. Save on the GE Profile Top Load Laundry Pair with Smart Wash Technology for optimum cleaning and fabric care. And Microband Antimicrobial Technology to help keep odor-causing bacteria from forming. Get July 4th savings at Lowe's. Must ask cashier to scan coupon at time of purchase. Can't be combined with other discounts. Savings varies based on eligible total purchase. See Lowe's.com for restrictions. Valid through 713. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. 
Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. back and again for those who were uh, watching on the television you saw that beautiful view from Sparta Tennessee that was sent in uh, by one of our listeners and a reminder wherever you're listening if you want to go out and snap a beauty shot of where you hear this program and watch this program uh, just to send the picture to me uh, at my email which is Bruce Dumont 1944 at gmail.com Bruce Dumont 1944 gmail.com and uh, we will use it as part of our uh, transition bumpers uh, Bruno Baird speak to Marty's point before the break about just you know the, the frustration of being a father I mean you have a responsibility um, to society you also have a responsibility to your family and you don't necessarily want to screw up your kids life but in this particular case uh, this father made the wrong decision. Uh, it, it's, I don't have a lot of sympathy for the father, and um, I'm, I'm, I live in the same town he does. I, I'd gladly see him run out of town on a rail and sued in, in this instance. And it, it's not because you know fathers shouldn't protect their children. Where you know who knows about how he was protecting his children for the first 18 years of this kid's life, and maybe he tried to do things, and maybe he didn't do. You know, it's like. I'll just tell you, um, my son's 32. He's a retired Marine, right? Um, he, I'm a pro-Second Amendment guy. He makes me look moderate. He would call me a wimp, right? Yep. Uh -huh. And, and my, my son could be one of those people who might be profiled by somebody because he's ex-military. Um, but he's a perfectly level-headed kid. Um, but if I thought at any moment in time that my son was a danger... I, I, and you know, and that time has, has passed. There might have been some times when he was younger when I might have thought something like that. And I'm not trying to out my kid here or anything. Um, but uh, I would have turned him in. I would have said, "You need help." I would have gotten him some help. I would have, I would have gone into some help. And you know, there, there's, there's the, these stories where these parents just um, stand back and like, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with my baby." It's like, it's like I got news for every single person listening now. There is a little bit something wrong with all your babies. And maybe you need to pay a little bit more attention and stop thinking that, you know, your ideology about guns, your ideology about uh, trans, or your ideology about whatever, whether you come from the left or right, and your stupid ideas that you think are so important. Maybe it's time you started questioning that and started paying a little bit more attention to your kid and how you're raising him. Marty? I, I agree with you about completely. I, 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 I'm not saying that I have sympathy for the guy, but I, I understand how you wouldn't want your kid to get labeled and you wouldn't know that he's you'd know that he's never actually done something that really was it was was risky although in this case maybe you could call what he did was as uh, you would call it risky but i'm i'm still thinking that there would be a lot of people who would say uh, he's 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 just having a, he's going through a phase or whatever and I well this I, kid was going through a phase over several years and yeah, again the yeah, other I, the other question no uh, question that, that, that I would ask is that you know when you when when their personal decisions I mean look at the way the guy presented himself I mean I think and again people are going to disagree with me I'm not against tattoos mm -hmm. but when someone puts a tattoo on their face they need help. 
They need mental health intervention at that point. Now, Gene, you can speak to me as a mother, you can speak to me as a public defender, but I mean, that, and there's a lot of people that say, oh, Bruce, that's, that's way, way, way extreme. That doesn't make them a killer. It doesn't make them a killer. But I think it certainly sends a signal for anyone that's, that wants to literally deface their face with a tattoo, there's something wrong with that kid. It might even be a plea from that kid to, to stop me or help me or whatever. Gene, have I overstated it? Am I, am I too uh, conservative on this point? Well, first, I want to totally agree with Bruno that we need a much more robust um, mental health system. But I also want to remind everybody that this is mental health plus the gun. A military weapon that only someone like Bruno's son or my son, who's a commissioned officer in the U.S. Navy, is trained to use, knows how to use responsibly. And it shouldn't just be sold to anyone whose dad is willing to step up for someone who's expressed homicidal views and has had to have other weapons taken away from him. Mere knives, right, is now able to buy this weapon of war that should Mm -hmm. never have been in his hands. Should we, you know, there, there was a discussion as to whether or not the age of consent to buy a weapon should be increased to 21 in, in, in a lot of states. In the recent debate uh, since uh, the situation in Texas, is 21. You can't drink till you're 21. You no. can't rent a car till you're 25. Well, here's my question. Since we know that most of these cases, not all, but most of these cases in the last 10 years have, have involved young men who are troubled young men who are between the eight year, years of 18 or, or 20 years old, certainly in, in that ballpark, should we say that, you know, you have a right to, to, to buy a weapon, but you've got to be 32? You've got to be 30. You've yeah. got to be 35. If you want to well, be president, you've so got to be 35. So I'm going to get really, especially for, you know, I mean, your guests and who and regular listeners probably know me as someone who's pretty unapologetically conservative, and, and I am unapologetically pro-Second Amendment, um, but I'll, I'll go. I'll take this one step further, uh, and uh, and let me tell you why in advance. I mean, I m- my goal, because I, I I'll I'll be blunt. I think that enough of these shootings, and you're going to see a big push for confiscation, and and they're gonna you're gonna see that push for confiscation, and it's gonna be a political push, and it may even bowl over the recent case line of cases in the Supreme Court, um, and so the the gun the pro gun people right now are like. They're kind of like, leave our guns alone. This isn't a gun problem. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm a pro-gun guy, and I don't want confiscation, and I don't want over-regulation, but even Scalia said that you can regulate guns. And so I'm, what I'm trying to avoid here is that. And I will go, uh, this, this is how far I'll go, Bruce. You shouldn't be able to get a gun unless you pass a mental health screening. And, and, then, and then if you do pass that mental health screening, and you're trained, so... If, if you know, like you, you like there's a there's a certain level of training to have concealed carry. Why don't we have that level of training for just being able to buy a gun? So number one, you're you're this is a you're you're in America. You have the Second Amendment. You have the the court pro- pro- protects the Second Amendment, and it, it protects it against confiscation and and banning guns and all that other stuff. But at the same time, it says these are dangerous items. You have to have the training to use it, whether it's an AR-15 or a uh, or a, uh, a semi-automatic pistol. And you have to pass a mental health screening just because we've got enough problems with mass shootings and we just want to make sure you're not going to be a mass shooter. I want to get a reaction from that from the audience. A mental health screening to own a gun. Yeah, and, and, they're, and, and, what, uh, and, and, and the, the pro-gun the pro people wait, wait, are going to go crazy. Any gun, well, they may go crazy. 
<laughs> but my question, to, they may be marching on this station right now, but my question, <laughs> my question to you is, do you mean any gun? Do you mean a handgun? Do you mean a long gun? What, what, what do you mean a mental health screening? That may be a little I'll, I'll strict. Be, look, I, I understand that AR-15s are very, very powerful. But the fact of the matter is there, are, there have been shootings you know, where people are carrying around just semi-automatic pistols, your typical Glock or your typical Beretta, uh, you know, with a, with, you know and, they, and you, have, you can have multiple magazines on you. You can do darn near, let's put it this way, you can, you know, if you're a crazed, damaged young soul who wants to do major carnage, you can do major carnage with, with a semi-automatic pistol. If you're, in this particular case, if you're, if you're a crazed young soul, as you, if you, as you have stated, and you didn't say that describing this particular assailant, but again, I'll, I, I will want to separate the two. In this particular case, for those people around the country, he, 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 was, he was a sniper. He was in a sniper position. He picked off his, his victims uh, from the top of a, of a local downtown building. And then he fled, dressed, he dressed up as a woman, and he fled uh, because he wanted to get away. But he left his weapon behind. Now, the first time I heard that, I said, my God. He wanted to be caught. He wanted to be caught. Why would you leave your, I mean, you know, it, it's, it, I thought that they would probably have, you know, the owner of that weapon, you know, within a half an hour. I think it might have been a little bit longer than a half an hour. But ATF got that, got that to the, to the uh, uh, Highland Park Police Department. So they knew who this guy was, the owner, based on that he left the evidence, the principal evidence, behind and then he uses his mother's car. He goes to Wisconsin, so he's fled the state. He could have been. He could have. Been, there could have been a manhunt for this guy for a long time. Right. Then exactly. Comes, because he could have bought it at a gun show where there's no background checks. He could have gotten it done a ghost gun that you can just make out well, of parts for out of a he kit. Did, but the point um, is, he didn't. There's need, all he, sorts of ways that he, he did could not have been. But he. Did, um, but, he did, but he. But he did not. In this particular case. He had bought other guns. He had like five guns. But my point is, if he really wanted to get away, I mean, on one case, he leaves evidence behind to identify himself, and then he flees the state, and then he comes back to Illinois, where he's arrested not far from where the shooting took place. Why, why did he not just keep going in Wisconsin, if indeed he wanted to get, if indeed he wanted to get away, that's because he didn't want to get away. I think he was he was he trying to, to get caught. caught. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's a it's a terrible thing to think of this guy being out there for five or six hours with a gun, and he went he actually cased someplace apparently in Madison, and, and uh, uh, yeah, somewhere near Madison at least, and then he said, no, I'm I'm, and he came back, but but it's hard to imagine how troubled he was. Yeah, and again, we're 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 also assuming a level of intellect and thought that may not be there for someone. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, I, I the day of, I actually was, you know, I was working in my driveway when all the ambulances started flying, and I could hear them, and I and you know, I thought, oh my gosh, there must have been a bad accident or a crash okay. somewhere. And then when I when I saw the helicopters, I was like, okay, something else is going on, and I went inside and. That my wife was already on the phone with other people and and everybody, and, and we knew that there was you know stuff happening in in uh, downtown. We have to pause right there. Uh, thank you very much, Jean Bishop, for joining us this evening. She is the deputy uh, public defender for Cook County, Illinois. We thank you very much for joining us tonight. When we return, we'll be joined by a clinical psychiatrist, psychologist, who will 
take us inside the mind of people who may be shooters. I'm Bruce Dumas. Bye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, we are now joined by a, a new guest, and that uh, guest is Joe Triani. He's a Ph.D. He's a clinical psychologist. Uh, he's an assistant professor at Adler University, and uh, we're going to get his identity up there in just a second. And, Joe, thank you. For, if I may call you Joe or, or, or Dr. Triani, thank you very much Please. for, for uh, joining Please, us this Joe. evening. Now, you're, you are a, a clinical psychologist. I want to get your... Yes, I, I have a doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and uh, 
I'm, of course, Associate Professor of Clinical Psychology at Yale University. Right. But I also have close to 50 years of experience working inpatient, mental health, psychiatry, public health, and community mental health. Okay. And you, and you have also uh, written extensively, including on the issue of uh, violence prevention and intervention. So I'd, I'd like to begin there. Before we turn back the clock and talk about what happened uh, last week in Highland Park, Illinois, for those parents that are listening to the program, or any anyone, they don't have to be parents, but uh, we have been talking about parent uh, and, and, uh, and, and child responsibilities here, what should a parent look for? And how can they separate what might be uh, regular teenage behavior from uh, what turns into antisocial action? Mm -hmm. Joe? Mm -hmm. there, there are a number of things. Uh, it's so critical to be engaged with your children. It, it, there's, there's an old saying, it comes from the Godfather, keep your uh, uh, friends close, but keep your enemies closer. I translate that in terms of keeping your children close, but keeping your children's friends even closer. So this awareness uh, is absolutely important. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we've lost a lot of the institutions. Uh, uh, kids are not engaged in scouts. Kids are not necessarily as engaged in sports. Uh, of course, uh, you, you just have to look at the survey data in terms of, you know, how many kids are engaged with their, their faith, their, their synagogue, their temple, uh, their church. Uh, so a lot of that structure uh, has been lost. And with parents being busy, with, with parents uh, sometimes both having two households, uh, they're going into, you know, a direction where they're not that available for kids. Uh, I, I just remember when I was an assistant scoutmaster, uh, yes, I was divorced, but I was surprised at the number of kids who came from intact families whose fathers I've never seen during the two, three years uh, that their kids were in scouts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, again, some basic fundamental things uh, that parents uh, uh, could do. Uh, Joe, be engaged. Marty, Marty Gertie's got a question. Really, for you, the issue isn't, it isn't so much parentless kids, but fatherless kids. I mean, the exactly. reality is this: our our, our guy in, in Highland Park, well, nice middle class white, but but the the real gun problem in this country isn't the the, the paroxysms of uh, of violence here there every once in a while every six months or whatever. It's every single weekend these probably fatherless kids in the inner city who's who's whose antics don't get the same kind of coverage that this thing did, that this Highland Park thing did. But it's, 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 it's those are the kids that the, the people who need help. And those are the places where there is no father. The, 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 the mother is, is a lady who's struggling with, a, with her boy or boys. And, and mm -hmm. what can she do? She doesn't but have the are, ability but, to but, but grab them by the neck. But those, those, those are two separate issues. I mean, the crimes that mm -hmm. we talk about in Chicago, the mass uh, murders that take place in Chicago, and there were more people killed mm -hmm. in Chicago and sh shot in Chicago last week than in Highland Park. Right. Okay? But, so there, there, I think there's two separate issues. This, this story is about the phenomenon of mass shootings. Are, are mm -hmm. there common denominators? Joe, let me ask you. 
are there some common denominators, because you, you've uh, investigated this and looked into it, are there common denominators of these shooters? Yeah, obviously the major one is these kids are fatherless. There okay. is no fa engagement by the father. Uh, Warren Farrell wrote a book called The Boy Crisis, Why Our Boys Are Struggling and What We Can Do About It. And they did studies of mass shootings by young individuals. And it was predominantly, almost entirely, all males. And what they all had in common was the non-presence or non-involvement of a father. Okay. Isn't this also predominantly a white middle class, not necessarily upper middle class, but a white middle class issue, problem? Correct. Bruno. So is there any way, so here's my question, as long as we have a clinical psycho a psychologist on the show, so I'm, I'm hoping you're as, as uh, I can become as much of a fanboy of your clinical psychology as I am of uh, Warren Farrell and Jordan Peterson, because I'm a huge fan of both of them, but um, the, uh, the, this crisis, is there any, I mean, and I, I'm, I'm, I looked at some websites today because of the show and everything else like that, and I, I, I came across a book that I don't need, necessarily need to mention, but I thought it was interesting. As a, in the, but is there, any, is there any radar, is there any sonar, is there anything we can ask or say or do to identify this? Because there's, there's been a few situations where some mass shootings have been prevented uh -huh. by some, some very, very, you know, diligent and perceptive people who saw something coming. Um, but that's not the usual case. But I would make the case, based on the stuff that I've seen, and, and I'd like your comment on this, uh, the Parkland, Florida shooting, the Sandy Hook shooting, and this shooting should have been entirely preventable. Correct. And what I'll, I'll share with you is an experience uh, that happened maybe about seven, eight years ago. Um, I was with a community mental health center, and uh, we had, through a grant, a program where we had counselors in school and what happened was this particular young individual was telling friends don't come to class tomorrow call in sick but watch the television news <laughs> he didn't go into any further detail uh, two of his classmates brought it to the attention of a teacher who immediately brought it to the attention of the mental health counselors that were on site, which then uh, launched a uh, intervention and assessment. Uh, parents were brought in, they were contacted, and the individual was hospitalized. To give you an idea how close of a call this was, uh, dad had weapons at home, but father was very diligent. He had a safe but a combination and the kid knew the combination and the reason the kid knew the combination is over a period of time he watched his dad open the safe and then figured out what the combination was uh, other than that there was nothing else on the the radar except that he was withdrawn he was isolated he had very few friends he was bullied and, and by the way he was psychiatrically hospitalized and continued an outpatient. And, you know, years later, uh, he went on to live a normal life. By the way, in this case, uh, Joe, um, uh, the case in, in Highland Park, uh, this young man 
during this time of trouble uh, several yeah. years ago, uh, he had he had gone to a therapist. So again, mm -hmm. the, the the parents or the father, the you know, if there were parents involved, the mother uh, was was somewhat absent, and and you know, uh, she yeah. she, was, she was charged with with child endangerment when he was two years old. She left mm -hmm. him in a car on an August day with the windows closed. So you know, her record as mother of the year is 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 out the window. No pun intended. But the the reality is that in this particular case, they did engage with a therapist. And the therapist, mm -hmm. after we don't know how many visits, said, okay, this, this guy's okay. So I don't think we can say that just by engaging with a therapist, mm -hmm. that's automatically going to mean that your kid's okay. So you, you know, right. you're a therapist. Speak for the therapist because they make mistakes just like the state of Illinois uh, you know, FOI card administrators make mistakes. Yeah. One question I have, he was suicidal. Typically, when a child is suicidal, uh, they're hospitalized for an evaluation. They're mm -hmm. brought to the emergency room for an evaluation. Uh, this is kind of one of the big unknowns. If he was suicidal, did he get an eval at a psychiatric, at an emergency room or psych hospital and was he psychiatrically hospitalized? Or in some instances, uh, you know, parents might just kind of jump in there and say, uh, you know, we're not going to petition. When you say they're not going to petition, that means that they're going to, that they're, they're trying to avoid the evaluation? Uh, a hospitalization. Oh, okay. Yeah. How seriously should people view suicide? If if someone attempts to take their life, mm -hmm. in your view, does that automatically mean there's a serious psychological problem in that person? Well, the first question, are they just feeling suicidal? Are they having suicidal ideation? Are they at the point where they're starting to make plans? What about are they attempt? at the point where attempt? they've procured a method of killing themselves? Those are all things that the clinician would look at uh, the state where they're at in terms of the continuum. You know, uh, I've had situations in the clinic where, yeah, I, I kind of feel like kill myself. Well, would you do that? Oh, no, I wouldn't. But I, I mm -hmm. get these feelings versus I've got a gun at home. I've got pills at home. Uh, I know exactly how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's a scale that we'll use to make a determination if hospitalization is needed. Drotriani, we do have to pause for a moment. 1-800-723-8289. We've got a full board of lights. We will bring them into our conversation when we roll on from beyond the Beltway in Chicago. Shop 4th of July savings now at Lowe's. Take up to $750 off qualifying major appliances, including GE appliances. Save on the GE Profile Top Load Laundry Pair with Smart Wash technology for optimum cleaning and fabric care. And Microban Antimicrobial Technology to help keep odor-causing bacteria from forming. Get July 4th savings at Lowe's. Must ask cashier to scan coupon at time of purchase. Can't be combined with other discounts. Savings varies based on eligible total purchase. See Lowe's.com for restrictions. Valid through 713. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. 
the juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and Ad Council. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, we continue now with callers. And uh, let's go to Kevin, listed to us on KLBJ in Austin, Texas. Go ahead, you're on the air. Kevin, are you there? Are you there, Kevin? Is Kevin there? What do we say? Kevin is there. Go ahead. I'm here. Go ahead. I'm sorry we've had a little Uh, problems here, but uh, life goes on, and you are now on the air, coast to coast. All right. So I was going to say that I'm okay with using the. uh, We're going to use. Sorry, my daughter in the background. We're going to use second or use psychiatrist. Yeah. If somebody wants to exercise their Second Amendment, I'm okay with that as long as we do it with the First Amendment first. I don't think half the press would even pass that. <laughs> okay. Yes, but you can only use your First Amendment rights if you can pass a mental health screening. I, I can almost agree with that, Kevin. I, I want to do the screening. <laughs> Have a great one. Say that again, Larry. <laughs> I want to do the screening. Turn your, we're going to turn your microphone on now. We're going to turn microphones on. Go ahead. Can you hear us now? I'd like to do that screening. I'm not hearing Keep you talking because you're... Two, three, four. Uh, oh, no. There we are. I would like to do the screening for the First Amendment. See, everybody, everybody would like to be the screener, but the the reality is, 
Joe, uh, I mentioned, uh, thank you very much for a caller. Uh, I mentioned, you know, about 25 minutes ago that maybe the age of getting a gun uh, should be raised to like 35. I mean, if, if the common denominator here is 18 to 20, where the, where the problem is, should we push that to a, to a higher level? What do you think of I that think as, as a possible taking a look solution? At I think in taking a look at uh, legislation, uh, that's one of the things I think the decision makers might want to give some consideration to. They uh, could, but I also they couldn't to make even a get a comment. To uh, Marty and Bruno were talking yeah. about the, the lack of mental health services. Uh, we've had a dramatic decrease in psychiatric beds in the last 20, 25 years. We've closed a number of psychiatric facilities. Funding for mental health going back to the mid-90s up until recently has not increased, if not, it was reduced. So the capacity of the system is way under. And just a quick note, when we have kids that are in the emergency room and they need to be hospitalized and say they might be on Medicaid, not necessarily private insurance, they could sit there for days, I mean hours, if not days, until a bed is available. So that's one of the, the issues that the, the field, the profession, is struggling with, the lack of psychiatric beds. Wall Street Journal a few years ago came out and said that close to 80% of the psychiatric beds, public and private, in the United States are gone with the deinstitutionalization and the downsizing of psychiatric hospital hospitals. Yeah, in also, where, where do insurance companies, I mean, uh, uh, do insurance companies, um, do they let you go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist and will they cover that? Most most programs do not, right? Well, it's improved dramatically. Uh, if we go back 20 years, you could have a insurance policy that says if you go in for a medical problem, 80% covered, 20% out of pocket. Mm -hmm. The same insurance companies were paying 50% out of pocket and only 50% coverage. And it's been the legislation uh, called parity legislation that has changed that uh, dramatically. And that was pioneered by uh, Patrick Kennedy, uh, who he himself is a person with lived experience of mental illness and substance mm -hmm. use. So we've had incremental improvements over the last 10 years, mm -hmm. including parity health care. There were also restrictions. Uh, 15 years ago, if you had commercial insurance, but they would only allow you 12 therapy sessions in the course of a year. Because of the parity legislation, that was increased dramatically to close to 40 sessions. So uh, we're headed in the right direction. Uh, but we've got a lot of infrastructure that we need built. And it's interesting because this bipartisan uh, Safer Communities Act actually redirect some of the funding right. in fact, for Joe, the improvement Joe, of uh, infrastructure. What I want to do is I want to, I want to get to that uh, in full. Uh, we're running a little out of time right now. I want to deal with that in the next hour when we'll go through many of the things. But let's go back to Joy listening to us in Spokane, Washington. Go ahead, Joy. I, I just want to comment that in so many of these discussions, the discussion moves quickly to mental health. And I still think there's a lot we can do with gun control. And I know that there is a tremendous lobby and so many people who are vested in 
um, the Second Amendment. But if if we had two equal Joanne, young men, excuse me, excuse me for interrupting. You know what? The the quality of this technical call is so bad. Uh, let's see if we can either call you back or call us back because it's not good enough to go on the air. Let's go to Edward listening to us in Chicago. Let's see how your line is, Edward. Edward, are you there? Edward, are you there? Is there anybody listening uh, on their phones tonight? Edward, are you there? David, this is David out in San Francisco. All right, David in San Francisco, you're on my my call board too, but you're on the long wrong line. But go ahead. What's the what's the view from San Francisco? Fritz, what have we got going here? Are you there, or is, is there any? Is Edward on the line? Nobody's on the line. Forgive us uh, for uh, being uh, somewhat, uh, but you know, the the, the Bruce? yes. Who is this? This is Edward. Edward, go ahead. You sound great. Yes. So <laughs> anybody. My comment is, uh, I believe. Yeah. So my comment is that uh, this is a more of a mental health, in my opinion, than guns. Oh, uh, oh. People have the right to defend themselves, and the police should be able to follow people, surveil them based on personality, the way they are dressed. I think we can prevent that more, prevent these uh, crimes in the in the future if we did that instead of doing. Uh, some well, kind of legislation on guns. Uh, I, 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 I said uh, about 40 minutes ago that, you know, the minute that you put the tattoos on your face, I didn't get Joe's response to that, so when we come back, I'm going to ask that. Uh, whether or not we want to surveil people because of the way they look, I don't think that's a good idea. But on the other hand, if you put tattoos on your face, you should expect all the intrusion you can possibly get. Because people that do that, they want attention. So let's give them so much attention that they get sick and throw up. Back shortly from Chicago. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Uh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Shop 4th of July savings now at Lowe's. Take up to $750 off qualifying major appliances, including GE appliances. Save on the GE Profile Top Load Laundry Pair with Smart Wash Technology for optimum cleaning and fabric care. And Microband Antimicrobial Technology to help keep odor-causing bacteria from forming. Get July 4th savings at Lowe's. Must ask cashier to scan coupon at time of purchase. Can't be combined with other discounts. Savings varies based on eligible total purchase. See Lowe's.com for restrictions. Valid through 713. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. 
The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Ask about Comcast Business Internet and Security Edge, or find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 8-28-22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry, we're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Back. We continue with our number two of Beyond the Beltway. Marty Garrity and Bruno Barrett are in studio with me. Uh, Joe Triani, who's a Ph.D., uh, clinical psychologist, uh, joins us from Adler University, of Adler University, joins us. And uh, we're going to continue to talk about uh, uh, the incident in Highland Park, Illinois, last week. And also, we're going to be talking about the specifics of some of the mental health focus in the new gun law. There's a, they're spending a boatload of money for that and we're going to go through it in just a moment but i almost said something else instead of a boatload first i wanted to answer your question regarding else. facial tattoos yes go ahead joe let me okay. make my let me make my comment for those that, did, that that are just joining us now and i know bruno's got a comment that he wants to repeat from our number one but basically i said that anybody with a face tattoo that's a signal this person is a little off base and needs to be okay. dealt with in a special way Okay. There are basically four categories. I'm retired military, so let me speak to the first one. That is tattoos among military personnel. The military had to put a restriction, no tattoos from the neck up or on the hands. But uh, historically, warrior groups have tattooed and when you go to the South Pacific, including their face. But we have restrictions on that. Second is tattoos as an expression of art, referred to as body art or what we would call the artsy-fartsy crowd. Uh, they view tattoos as body art, as a way of self-expression. On the negative side, tattoos are very predominant among gang members. They will tattoo teardrops for people they've lost, and they'll tattoo on their face gang affiliation. And then finally, uh, we have the Charlie Manson types, antisocial, psychopaths, sociopaths, who will tattoo on their face the message they're trying to portray. And I think Charlie Manson, Charlie Manson had, what was it, hate yes. uh, across his uh, forehead or something like that. So, so my question to you is, uh, as a clinical psychiatrist, psychologist, if a kid comes home and uh, wants to have a tattoo or comes home, God forbid, already with a tattoo, 
what should the response of the parent be? Well, uh, first of all, they should not give permission. If the child went ahead and had a tattoo, uh, there is the ability of erasing it. In fact, some of the local hospitals in the Chicagoland area a few years ago were providing laser uh, treatment for the removal of tattoos, especially among adolescents, because they would get a tattoo or get a gang affiliated tattoo, which would potentially put them into danger. Yeah. I, I, you know, as a parent, my, my child, my children are grown, but as a parent, that, that's that's a zero tolerance issue as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. You know, when they're 18 and out of the house, that's a whole different story. Right. And by the way, I, I, I'm not saying that I oppose tattoos. I, I don't oppose tattoos. I do mm -hmm. believe that tattoos on your face, I do oppose. And in this particular case, the, the shooter in Highland Park, I mean, this guy looked like a goofball. I'd arrest him on the way he looks. Well, and you, I know my ACLU <laughs> friends would say, oh, my God, what did you just say? I mean, you know, he, he looks screwed up. And a lot of times people who look screwed up are screwed up. Yeah, there, it, it, it's, there's something to be said for that, but then you can have people who look perfectly normal, like if you look at some of the other shooters that, are, yeah. that, that we're and familiar with. Um, so, um, Joe, in the last hour, I had, I had made the comment, and, and I, I'll preface this by saying I'm a pro-Second Amendment guy who wants to preserve the Second Amendment. And, and not have them confiscated and rounded up a la um, New Zealand and, uh, and um, England. And so I made the suggestion, it's like, well, why don't we just make a mental health screening, not, not just for AR-15s or not just for 18 to 22, but you have to have a mental health screening before you can buy a gun, which incidentally, the chief, you know, Scalia, who was the, uh, one of the big writers of the Heller decision, um, actually said reasonable regulation of guns is is perfectly constitutional mm -hmm. and i would make the case particularly in an era of um, a lot of mentally ill or mentally challenged uh, mentally stressed people that uh, a little bit of a, a mental health screening for such a dangerous device um, is is not only normal i mean it, it could be used to preserve the second amendment and not have confiscation how would how would something like that work in the psychiatric community how would what, how would you see that breaking out well, the issue would be uh, having the manpower available, having uh, the right licensed professionals doing that. I know if uh, an individual uh, wants to get their FOIA card back after whatever sort of incident, uh, they have to go through psychological evaluations. And there are psychologists out there that will evaluate for restoration of uh, FOIA cards. Now, in certain professions, like in law enforcement, uh, psychological screening and psychological testing is pretty much part of the protocol because they're handling weapons and they're they're working in volatile situations. I, I could see the, the possibility though that the anti-gun people who would say uh, everybody has to take a test and then they would find they would find a way to make sure that nobody ever actually passed the test uh, and and I don't put it uh, put put it beyond them to uh, uh, e eliminate uh, gun ownership in that way. Uh, well, and so th that's that's part of the question. And it, it, the reason I keep on bringing this kind of stuff up is because, you know, we, we've talked a lot of us talk about, and this is actually somewhat somewhat related that we've lost trust in every single one of our institutions. Right? Uh, we've 
And the only in two institutions that still have any trust at all that are above 50% level are small business and military. And um, as woke as the military is getting, how long, who knows how long that will last. But um, the, uh, you know, with those being the only institutions that aren't completely underwater in, in, in trust, um, you know, the progressives aren't going to trust the uh, people who are pro-gun who are going to want to have some kind of a system whereby we can manage people owning guns. And the Second Amendment people aren't going to trust the government that to, to manage any kind of a, a screening process. And uh, I guess my worry is that I'm just, I, I see these things happening once a month, once every two months now. And, and I don't know if you think that's too much, or but I think sooner or later the public's just going to get burnt out on it. I think you're right. I think also, to me, with, with, with all the guns we have in the United States and with all the people we have in the United States, I'm amazed there aren't more of incidents like more incidents like this. There have been over 300. Not, not all of them got the publicity that Highland Park got. I'm amazed this doesn't happen more often. Joe, are you are you? Does that surprise you? What what I just said? Do you agree with what I just said? I mean, you 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 know, you deal with mentally ill people all the time. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we're seeing, we haven't talked about it here, uh, COVID nineteen, and not necessarily having COVID nineteen, but the fallout from the policies that were put in place are are taking a tremendous psychological toll. We're seeing that in drug overdoses, drug overdose deaths. And since uh, uh, 10 years ago, 2009, the number of suicides in this country have doubled. So there are other mitigating factors that are leading to the problems that we're seeing. Is it true that 50% of the suicides in the United States are based on gunshots? Is that, is that? Actually, I've got the hard figure here, and it's uh, 60% of suicides uh, are as as a result of using a weapon. We've got to be back shortly. I'm Bruce Dumont. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. 
the cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, hoopla over the uh, recent uh, passage of the bipartisan uh, gun safety bill, which uh, the president will soon sign. And uh, part of that uh, massive bill uh, was, was something included, a large chunk of it, dealt with mental health. And yet the news media has not done much to describe uh, to the public what's in that, the mental health provisions. And so we're going to take a moment and do that now and uh, let everybody respond to it. This is the federal gun bill. This is now about to be the law of the land. And this is for mental health support. $8.6 billion over the next 10 years to build additional community clinic buildings and construction all over the United States. $1 billion over the next five years to boost the number of school counselors in mental, dealing with mental health. $80 million over the next four years to deal with pediatric mental health access, getting involved with, 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 with the pediatric side very, very early on in life. $250 million over the next four years that increases access to community mental health services. An additional $240 million over the next four years, that's for grants to various mental health groups. And last but not least, $150 million this year for a national suicide prevention hotline. That is a boatload of money. Now, Joe, let me turn back to you because uh, uh, things that you're involved in may get a piece mm -hmm. of that money. Uh, does that sound, again, yeah. to a lot of people, it's throwing money at an issue, but you've also stated, and it, it's been mm -hmm. stated for many years, that mental health and, and treatment of mental health in this country has been grossly underfunded and underappropriated. Does this make up for that? Right. 
I wanted to follow up on your earlier question. I got a few more facts. In 2017, a study was done of all gun-related deaths. In that study, 60% of gun-related deaths were suicide. 37% murder, and 3% were accidents. But 60% were related uh, to suicide. And um, some of the programs that are out there uh, that the funding talks about is uh, programs that have been initially started. I'll start with one of the last programs you talked about. Uh, $150 million for a suicide crisis line. We will now have as of July 17th, the phasing in of the dial 988 system. In essence, 988 is the 911 of mental health. And that goes into effect nationwide uh, uh, a week or so from now. Mm -hmm. uh, the system is underfunded. So this additional funding uh, will help basically build up the system. And this is occurring in every state, in the state of Illinois. Uh, by July 18th, you would be able to dial 988 if you're in some sort of mental health okay. or substance abuse crisis. Do you know whether that, a, does that, does that, it just includes someone to listen to what your problem is? Or does it also result in some sort of a face-to-face -face counseling with the person? Or is it all based on te the telephone? Right. Uh, I, I think you hit it right on the head. The, uh, the person answering the phone at the 988 hub will triage to make a determination as to what level of services need to be implemented. Uh, sometimes simply, I'm really distressed, I need to talk, and they would be able to do some short-term intervention with them. Part of this program included massive funding for the crisis response system in every state. Mm -hmm. In the state of Illinois, $63 million were allocated in this fiscal year to develop that capacity, which means 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and 365 days a year, a mental health team will be deployed uh, in a situation uh, uh, that somebody is in crisis or called uh, 988. Is it likely, Joe, because we have, you know, one thing we haven't talked about is loneliness uh, and some of the mental health issues uh, that senior mm -hmm. citizens deal with. Um, could this be used just as literally someone to talk to that there may not yes. really be a serious mental health issue, but the, the, the issue is loneliness and people want someone to talk to on the phone uh, is that one of the possibilities of either the use or the abuse of the 988 program? Absolutely. The intention there, somebody could be feeling so depressed that they're so lonely they don't feel like living anymore and have that ability to talk to somebody. Part of the staffing of these programs also include people with what we call lived experience. Just like in alcohol and drug treatment, you have counselors there who are in recovery. This program will bring in men and women who've had the lived experience of a mental illness, a psychological crisis, 
and are there to be support. And it's kind of building off the model that we originally saw in alcohol and drug treatment. And the idea there is that phone call, that phone intervention, hooking that individual up with maybe some teletherapy uh, might make the big difference. Uh, I want to get a reaction from Bruno and uh, Marty. Usually you don't like big government programs. This sounds like a very big government program. Does this sound like something that, that could work to address mental health and, and depression and all the other issues that, that lead to, to antisocial behavior in many cases? Um, one would hope that it does. And if it's been underinvested in, and, and I've read some of the same background articles that, uh, yeah. uh, that uh, Joe is talking about that, uh, uh, where we have underinvested in this. And in, in the first hour, I even said that we should bring back institutionalization because I think we need to. I think I think we have to have a place where we can ha- you know, help people like this that where where they're not out necessarily out and about, uh, especially where there is such easy access to weaponry, uh, whether it's a gun or something else. But my biggest worry about this, and Joe, maybe you can speak to this, is um, I'm very very familiar with the massive waste in spending in administration in both K through 12, where I've I've done a lot of policy work in K 12 and the massive waste in administration that's just been run up in the university system. I mean, the, the number of administrators hired in the last 20 years, uh-huh. uh, and, and most of the jobs are, they, 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 don't, they aren't educating any people any better in K-12 or, or uh, university. Uh-huh. So my biggest worry is that money like this just gets thrown at a bunch of, like, uh, high sc- like school counselors. I'm not saying schools shouldn't have counselors for suicide or mass shooting yeah. or mental health issues, I'm just saying they've, mm-hmm. they've got an army of counselors now, none of whom do anything other than tell some well-to-do kid that he gets to go to college and tell the poor kid he gets to flip burgers. Uh, th- those people are mostly useless. But, but in this particular case, uh, because they talk about building you know, community mental health centers, Joe, and I want to get Marty's reaction as well, should those centers be focused on schools? So everything goes back to the school. There's a counselor in the school. Yeah, it's something that's available during school time. It's 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 a beacon for mm-hmm. people in the community, children, students, and parents, a place for them to go for mental health. Now, Marty, I know you're not a big fan of public education, but is this a is this a reason, at least a use of the physical buildings? If they have all this money to build to construct new places, shouldn't it go back to uh, a basic place where people expect to be educated or assisted, and that would be the school. Well, and it could be it could be parochial uh-huh. schools. I, I'm not against. Uh, I'm Just a minute. Uh, we're going to turn your microphone right. on. Go ahead. I'm I'm not against public education. I, I think that public education, especially in places where parents can control it, is, are, is a good thing. But the problem is, especially in the urban districts the parents have no control and and the kids are basically enslaved in those in those schools but but to bring uh, uh, mental health services or more mental health services to those people uh, in in either set uh, urban or suburban is is, uh, is a good thing as long as it doesn't get involved in this whole woke phenomenon that we're involved in now that if you simply disagree with any of the woke possibilities or the woke propositions you you must be crazy. You must be. You must need mental health. And if you agree with them, you can't be a, you can't be crazy. Joe, to, to to speak to Marty's concern, 
because for all of these new facilities, expanded facilities, you're going to need professionally yeah. trained social workers or clinical psychiatrists or psychologists. You're going to Psycho need people who might all the behavioral be, health professionals who might be who might tend to be woke, might tend to be liberal, and might tend to abuse their positions as Marty suggests. Is that a fear? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It may not be a fear mm -hmm. to you, but speak to I, Marty's I, I, concern. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a historian, and uh, there was a book that was published in the 1970s called uh, Soviet Psychiatric Terrorism. Uh, where during the days of the Soviet Union, uh, psychiatry was primarily used uh, to imprison and incarcerate dissidents. Uh, Lech Walesa. After, uh, uh, after uh, Joe, I'm going I'm uh, to have to I'm going to have to interrupt your story because we've got a break coming up. When we come back, I'll let you pick up and complete that story. I'm Bruce Dumont. One eight hundred seven two three eighty twenty nine. Let's get some callers on the line, and we will try to share them with you from coast to coast. I'm Bruce Dumont. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Ask about Comcast Business Internet and Security Edge. Or find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 828-22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Chris Dumont back and a reminder that uh, uh, if you are uh, a regular listener to this program, uh, you know, or a viewer of this program, you know that we have nice beauty shots around the United States uh, of our affiliate base. And uh, if you would like to send us a beautiful picture of uh, where uh, where you hear this program, uh, feel free to do so. Send it to me. Snap the picture with your with your cell phone, and send it to Bruce Dumont, 1944, at Gmail. And Fritz will put that number up uh, a little bit later on in the broadcast when we go to a break. Bruce Dumont, 1944 at gmail.com. We got a nice one from Sparta, Tennessee this week. and got some Redding, California, and also from uh, downstate uh, Illinois. So uh, nice to uh, hear from you and show us the beauty shots of where you come from. Uh, let's take a moment and let each of our guests to take a moment to introduce themselves. Uh, they have not done so thus far, and we're gonna begin with uh, our guest uh, from afar, uh, Joe Tro Trohini. And he joins us from Virginia tonight. Uh, and uh, Joe, you're with Adler University, but tell us a little bit more about your background. Uh, my background, I've had two careers. I have 32 years in the United States Navy Reserves, uh, where I was an intelligence officer. Uh, I worked uh, professionally as a substance abuse counselor, VA, hospitals. Uh, I ran psychiatric hospitals for about five years. And then I've got close to a 30 year history of working in community mental health based in the Department of Public Health. One follow up to you, uh, based with all this work that you've done, um, how has it affected you? I mean, in, in dealing with what you deal with every day, have you ever come home from work one day and just, you know, you were exasperated yourself because you you either had made a success with someone or you were not able to get through to someone? Uh, what sort of impact has it had on you uh, dealing uh, in the field of mental health for, for many decades? Hmm. I have to be honest. I think it was my training in the United States military that taught me resilience um, taught me to be mission focus, uh, taught me how to get the job done. And I thought uh, my, my military career was very helpful in facilitating that. Okay. And that's something I've seen in other clinicians who are prior military service. And if this legislation uh, expands as uh, insofar as mental health and the number of uh, counselors and the number of uh, clinics that are going to uh, just, you know, grow uh, tremendously over the next either four years or in some cases 10 years is are there enough psychologists or clinical psychologists basically in the pipeline to to handle all this increased uh, uh, job load 
No. We where, have a shortage currently from? of clinical psychologists, of clinical social workers, and licensed clinical counselors. And in part, that's as a result of the rapid expansion that we've seen recently. And of course, COVID has slowed down the number of people going into graduate programs. So again, part of the success is all this federal money can be available. But again, there may be a, there may be a shortage, just like there's a shortage in many other areas. Uh, there may be a Correct. shortage of people to to do it professionally. That that's that's a pretty you know depressing after an hour and a half into the discussion. Uh, Bruno Barron, tell us a little bit more about you. Well, so just based on the last uh, few minutes of conversation, I've decided to radically change my career. I'm going to go and find a bunch of kids, and we're going to write some AI apps. We're going to be uh, online artificial intelligence uh, clinical psychologist counselors, and I'm sure they'll do just fine. <laughs> Uh, and solve all this problem, but I'm kidding about that. No, so uh, I've been, uh, gosh, I've been doing this show for a long time. I'm generally uh, the I, the farthest right guy you'll ever like. Um, I try to be nice to people and discuss this stuff uh, from a policy perspective. I have a law degree here in the state of Illinois. I've uh, worked in um, policy with the Heartland Institute, doing education reform uh, stuff, and um, I've you know always been looking at how do you solve today's problems from a policy perspective. Uh, and in the meantime, I've uh, taken my law degree and decided to use that to go and um, build houses in a distressed community here in the Chicago area where we're trying to make it uh, from 70-30 rental to 70-30 uh, home ownership uh, by putting um, two new families on every block in a new home or in a newly remodeled home and, uh, and kind of become a support mechanism for their community. Good idea. Marty Garrity. Uh, I'm, uh, I've been a, or I was a, a commercial real estate broker for 45 years, and it's a business that requires a lot of uh, uh, visiting with clients who are f from out of town. But uh, as, as I've, you've probably gained, uh, noticed from my discussion here, I'm a big believer in the importance of fathers. And so I always made sure that I had dinner with my kids every single night. We had six kids and, and my wife and myself around the table every single night unless there was something really extraordinary going on. And to me, that's a very, very important part. I think kids need to have their father in the house, in the, in the building, talking to them, uh, helping them, or, or knowing when not to help them, but just uh, that knowing that their father is there is a very important thing, and and much of the uh, the distress that we've been talking about tonight comes from the fact that fathers simply are not there. Also, it seems to me that I read in the last couple of years that having a family dinner is one of the most solidifying uh, yeah. tenets of a successful family. Joe, I see you shaking your head as I say that. Uh, people on radio did not I see agree. the thumbs I, I up. I couldn't agree which is stronger. <laughs> uh, let's go back. Joy is a persistent listener, and uh, she called, as you recall, we had a problem reaching her before because of uh, bad sound. But now we're going to go back to Spokane, Washington, and see how she's doing. Joy, are you there? I am. Is this any better? Much better. <laughs> before it sounded like you oh, were yeah. calling from a potato chip can. But go ahead. Well. <laughs> Well, so I'm coming from the progressive side, and um, and I do support gun control. But my question, just listening to this, and you had the comments about suicide, 
I just I don't see why guns can't seriously be considered. I mean, especially for a party that we've now heard very loudly from Roe versus Wade is committed to the sanctity of life. And people are killing themselves. Vets are killing themselves with guns, 60%. And that's increasing. You have gun accidents, and then you have mass killings. Um, um, so even starting with these um, assault rifles, and I probably don't have the right terminology for it, but you have two people, two 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds who have the same mental health issues. If one can have access to an assault rifle and the other one has to unlock their dad's and get out a hunting rifle, I think the results would be very different. So even not talking about confiscating every gun, it just seems like there's a lot more that we can do to lessen the severity of what's going on by by not just using mental health, but not having these things available to be used. So would you support raising the level of, uh, of age of, of buying a gun, like I suggested earlier in the broadcast? I mean, if we if we that don't... or like... I, uh, like, I can talk on the phone that I need new hiking boots, and all of a sudden on my computer it shows up. Yep. I would think that anyone buying 90 rounds of ammo, you know, and maybe there's some age related to it, but I don't, I don't see, even if you're living on a dangerous, in a dangerous neighborhood, do you need that kind of weapon? So I think there should be ways that we can also identify where there's something going on that just is not for a normal use of a hunting rifle or for home protection and so i just i just think that that there has to be some ways that we don't need some of these level or types of weapons um and um because do we really want to keep going and seeing children killed. I went to an in Spokane Indians baseball game and like for the first time I was nervous walking into that stadium with my great nephews going, could they be shot while we're watching this Indians game? Um, that's not the America that we want or should have. Well, okay. So uh, obviously if I disagree with you on the on uh, probably some of the or most of the gun issue stuff that you brought up but i do i do agree with you and, and I, i'm the one and I, i'm the big pro second amendment or both of us on on the in the studio here are um but i've even said you know maybe if you're going to buy something this dangerous and you want to have access to this kind of stuff you better be able to prove that you're mentally uh fit for it um my, my biggest issue with the progressive position that nobody really needs this is uh, you know, nobody really needs this until you do, right? Do do I need an AR-15? No, I don't need an AR-15. Um, I don't have any use for one. Um, but you know, there there are people across this country who feel like, okay, I want to have one, and and it, it this this gun has a certain utility to it that does certain things. And then you know, what happens if there's a uh, Carrington event and electricity is knocked out for ten years, um, uh, where there's no power, or what? You know, we we looked at. We looked at Canada, for example. Uh, it, it went temporarily totalitarian for a whole, and this happened right when Russia invaded, uh, uh, right when Russia invaded uh, Ukraine. Um, a, a, a few protesting truckers 
and the government went full uh, social control and started stripping people of their financial capacity to even buy food if they if they uh, assisted the the truckers. Um, you know, it, the idea that we're never going to need these guns is is one of the most um, it's one of the weakest sides of the progressive argument because y- you can't make that case. You don't know when the police are just not going to show up. Those kind of things. We got to pause. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for your call. Back shortly. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Ask about Comcast Business Internet and Security Edge, or find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 8-28-22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and again, a reminder, if you would like to drop us a photograph of... Uh, where you uh, li- either listen to this program uh, or a, be- a beautiful area in your uh, neck of the woods, Bruce Dumont, 1944 at gmail.com. And uh, 
please be sure to tell me what we're looking at so uh, we can put that up uh, on the air. And as we go to commercial break uh, each and every week, uh, we will periodically uh, uh, show the picture that you sent to us. And uh, Joe Triani, I want to go back to you uh, because we've only got one segment left. And, and I, I want to go back, and, and if, if people forget everything else that they've heard tonight, uh, what advice would you give to a parent, mother and father, listening to the program this evening who has been frightened by the incident in Highland Park, who may feel that those parents in Highland Park could have been me? What do you say to those folks? What should they do? How do they protect? Know your children. Yep. Know your children's business. Know what's going on with your children at school. Watch your kids. I, I, the simple ritual of having dinner with your kids, and maybe even three times a week, the family all sits down. These are things that definitely makes a difference. Be involved with them and be involved in their lives. Don't hesitate to bring to the attention of professionals. Maybe it's their pediatrician. Uh, maybe it's their school counselor. Uh, when you see anomalies that you're not quite sure about. Like the parents in Highland Park, their initial response was, we didn't see this coming. He's a good boy. Nothing was wrong. And then afterwards, we're hearing about the reports, the suicide, uh, uh, suicidal uh, behavior and uh, uh, warnings uh, uh, regarding this child. Don't look the other way. It might be difficult, but you got to take a realistic look at what is going on with your child. Based on what you know about what happened in Highland Park and, and the, the involvement of the parents, do you think those parents or the father, either one, should they be prosecuted? Is it, is it time yeah. to say that parental responsibility is going to have, it's going to be judged? Society is going to judge whether you're a good parent or not, especially if you turn out to be a bad parent and people mm -hmm. end up dying. Should he be prosecuted? Well, well, not, I'm not an attorney, but, you know, I, I've got some very strong feelings in this direction. The father providing or signing off on a FOIA card in light of all that information, I would assume, again, I'm not an attorney, that there is some liability there. It, it, he's well, and clearly the the first guest in the first hour talked about liability as well, um, personal liability. I mean, the the Remington gun uh, uh, company gave, you know, had to settle a big suit for Sandy Hook, which is, and that might be another angle where they come after uh, the gun companies. Um, and I, I think this parent should be, and I've said this since Columbine, because Columbine for me was like the first one of these big things that yeah. that got into my consciousness. Um, I think parents should be held partially responsible. And, and I don't know if you want to do it criminally. Criminally, you, you, it would require legislation, and then there'd have to be, you know, as an attorney, you have to come up with some kind of factors or, or elements of the crime. An element of a, assault is to hit somebody. Well, an element of this crime or this responsibility, so to speak, would have to be something like, you know, willful neglect or whatever. Um, and, and not necessarily imprisonment. It could be it could it, be a it could it, be a fine, a fine but, or, you're, but you're you're going to pay a price one way or the other, right? For for your screw up, 
I mean, in the, the, the in the court of public opinion, this father is already paying a price for the yeah. court of it. We've we've trashed him for the last two hours. And 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 that may be well, I I would say justifiably, and and I would also say, um, at at some level, you have to start holding parents accountable, and and what's gonna I think what'll happen is that if you start doing so, you will start having parents all of a sudden like becoming a little they'll have to take some of this stuff more seriously instead of this this current zeitgeist that we have where everybody just says you leave my johnny alone you're, you you don't you don't get yeah. to have any business and it's like well yeah actually we do get to have a business in this because we don't want your kid to turn out to be a mass shooter because you're such an idiot right marty Gurney, well, the, should the, he be prosecuted the, the problem the problem with that is that at what point does the enormity of the uh, offense uh become so great that you have to bring this in. Suppose a kid just uh, stole from the local th- uh, delicatessen or something. D- is the parent resp- can you say, "Oh, if if you had br- if you had parented your child correctly, he wouldn't have done that. You you're responsible." Uh, you know, how how f- how bad does the offense have to be to well, trigger what's that? Your, what's your I, answer to the question? I, I, I don't think you can cl- and especially since this particular guy was 22 years old. I mean, if my 35-year-old kid yeah. does something wrong today, does does somebody go back to look at at, at what I at how that kid was raised? I, I don't yeah. think that's well, a good idea. Okay, I think you're making two very good points that I tend to agree with. Obviously, you can't this this can't be in perpetuity, and someone goes nuts when they're 45, and you go after their 90-year-old or, or 65 or 70-year-old parent i'm not i'm not saying that i'm just saying that it, it, i think it's okay for society and this is the interesting thing is you know bruce you always used to introduce me as a libertarian and i used to be much more libertarian on this mm-hmm. stuff and i still have a warm place in my heart for most libertarian ideas but one of the reasons i've become so much more socially conservative and 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 thereby less uh worried about whether or not we're spending 250 million dollars on what might be a good idea for if, if it's appropriately spent on mental health is that we this is a society and we have to live in it and and this you know you leave me alone i get to do anything i want anytime i want um attitude that is you know amplified by social media and amplified by you know you you can't talk to me or you can't say anything maybe it's time we just started saying yeah actually we can and you're wrong and you're going crazy and we're going to have to do something to stop you but also, the, the, of, of all the billions of dollars that are involved in this, I'm talking about the mental health aspect of it, the $8.6 billion over 10 years. If all this were in place today or tomorrow or next Tuesday, it's not going to work if you don't have parents who care, who watch over their kids, who either have, who have dinner with them every night. It isn't going to help. This, this, this puts, this is government's response to putting an infrastructure we, together. We could always. But parents need to do it. We're out of time. Our thanks. We can to, get rid of no fault divorce. Joe, Bruno, Marty, thanks for joining us. Thanks yes. to Fritz Goldman. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from beautiful Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Shop 4th of July savings now at Lowe's. Take up to $750 off qualifying major appliances, including GE appliances. Save on the GE Profile Top Load Laundry Pair with Smart Wash technology for optimum cleaning and fabric care. And Microband Antimicrobial Technology to help keep odor-causing bacteria from forming. Get July 4th savings at Lowe's. Must ask cashier to scan coupon at time of purchase. Can't be combined with other discounts. Savings varies based on eligible total purchase. See Lowe's.com for restrictions. Valid through 713.
Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Ask about Comcast Business Internet and Security Edge. Or find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 828-22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry, we're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Uh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. 